You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With the Chicago Bears entering the bye week, now's a great opportunity to look back at the start of the season and kind of see what expectations were and how they've done so far at trying to reach those. Specifically, the ones set forth by General Manager Ryan Pace at his press conference to open up the season. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. On the show today, we go back to what Ryan Pace said at the start of the regular season, where he was feeling optimistic and excited about this team and see where things lined up correctly, where, yes, he was right about different aspects of this team, where things maybe haven't met expectations yet but could still change, and where things might more clearly be definitely not living up to what the Bears saw. But we'll go through the offensive line and the ups and downs we've seen, the secondary, some of the key players at key spots on both sides of the ball, and really sort of get a sense of where this team lies now entering the bye week and what it means for the general manager and the head coach, coaching and trying to win games potentially for their jobs. Let's start with sort of how this season was framed by Ryan Pace, because of course, at the start of the regular season, Every team thinks they're in a great position and they're going to win games and they're going to be successful and make the playoffs and all those things. And it's, you know, it's always sort of where your expectations are. But I think Brian Pace and Matt Nagy in particular know how much is at stake right now and that they do certainly have a lot to prove. And it does seem like from what we had heard at that time before the beginning of September, they were sort of ready to prove it. They were ready to, you know, be more than just words, but have it really be reflected and have their work be reflected in how the team performs i don't want to put a ceiling on it like i love the chemistry of this team i love the makeup and character of this team right now we can we i can already feel it i felt it throughout camp um i love the way this whole thing's come together i love our coaching staff and now we just got to prove it you know i can sit up here and talk about this all day now here we are you know regular season's approaching now we got to prove it so he's ready to prove it right he was ready for the, the wins and losses to start to speak for themselves. And, you know, nine games into the season, the, the season is not fully decided yet. It hasn't started particularly well. And there have been many points where we haven't felt great about this team. I mean, they've what they've lost four games in a row now. It's not the, the ideal spot where they are now. But, again, things are not necessarily set in stone, and there's still time for some things to turn around. And so this, this podcast is not just going to be a, here's everything Ryan Pace was wrong about because he's bad and should be fired, et cetera, et cetera. Because there, there were some things that he did get right, and there were some things that he was confident about and was correctly confident about. I mean, Justin Fields already kind of looking like one of them here now that he's finally gotten that opportunity here. But I, I also don't have time in this podcast to go through and play every single person and every single clip of everything Ryan Pace said to do a full sort of spectrum of 
what he got right and what he got wrong in terms of his expectations for this team. But for example, a couple of them we'll go through now. Jalen Johnson, he was very excited about him entering this season and feeling like he was going to take that next step forward. I think we've seen that to an extent, right? He hasn't been a top five shutdown cornerback, but that's not necessarily the expectations everyone was going to put on him, right? He's, but he's played well. He's kind of taken that step forward. He's been just as consistent and doing a great job of contesting catch points and being aggressive and being sort of that, that next line of development here at that cornerback position. And so uh, I think that's one that we can kind of say he got right for the most part, right? And same thing with Robert Quinn. Honestly, he was he was hyping up Robert Quinn before the start of the regular season when we were all kind of like, I don't know, you know, really not expecting much from him. But he said, you know, he's, di- he's dialed in, he's locked in, and and really somebody they've had to almost like try and keep him slowing down at training camp just to, you know, make sure he's not doing too much there. That one absolutely has panned out. And, and wasn't just training camp hype or off-season hype. It really was. Uh, I mean, reemergence of a veteran player at a key position. Bears, Bears got that one right so far halfway through the season. Ryan Pace very high on Jason Peters, feeling like they kind of lucked into him at the last minute here to, to as a backup plan to Tevin Jenkins having surprise extents to his injuries. And there were definitely some rough moments there with, with Jason Peters. And I, I, I'm on the fence as to say it was like a massive, massive success, but he's played really well the last few games in particular and has seemed to have settled into this role now to where you feel pretty good about where the Bears are at left tackle right at this very moment. So I'm, I'm kind of willing to I'm, I'm willing to give him that one to, to some extent. You know, then some of them are really obvious ones, right? Of course, he was excited about what they were going to see from Roquan Smith this season. That, that's not... It's not a shocker to anybody. It was more of the same from Roquan Smith. Same thing with Akeem Hicks, right? He's like, yeah, you know, we still have a lot of faith in Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, right? Yes, of course, when you say good things about them, they're generally going to play well and, and be right about that for the most part. And, then, you know, with, with the whole quarterback thing, I was a little bit torn on because, of course, he was team Justin Fields and thinks he's going to play really well and knew that, you know, they had a lot of confidence in him and felt like when he was ready that he was going to shine for this team. And now maybe they got out there a little bit earlier than Ryan Pace and, of course, than Matt Nagy would have wanted him to, but now we're seeing that Justin Fields that he envisioned. And, of course, they were very, very confident in Andy Dalton. I don't know that we saw that level of greatness from Andy Dalton. They were saying, like, we're starting Andy because we truly think he's going to be very good for us and that, you know, we can that gives us the luxury of keeping Justin Fields on the bench and... I, have, I can't help but think if Justin Fields, or excuse me, if Andy Dalton had been so, so spectacular that they may have gone to Fields back on the bench because they had so much faith in Andy Dalton necessarily. But the more important thing is getting Justin Fields right. And so far, it looks like this general manager has been able to do so and has sort of at least figured out something very, very promising at the quarterback position, albeit only nine games into the first half of the season, not yet set in stone. And we've already seen how those fluctuations have happened at other positions. We'll dive in more specifically to that offensive line where there's been some very good and some some very bad and leaves us a little bit unclear of what exactly the future will hold next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by McDonald's. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been a place to get more than just tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and families can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, 
knowing they'll always have dependable Wi-Fi, and then you know, endless surprise of endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries are always a, a nice bonus there to keep you going. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or away team can come to recharge, win or lose. There's always going to be a McDonald's right there. It's a place you always look forward to stopping to at a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Seems like. Anytime we went anywhere growing up and you stopped at the exit, whether you, you were hungry, you needed a snack or a meal or just to use the bathroom, there was always a McDonald's there at like even kind of in the middle of nowhere, you know, driving through, especially the, the long stretches of central and southern Illinois in particular can be a, a little bit of a, a great plains for sure. So there's always going to be McDonald's to be those literal community centers in, in so many different small communities across this country. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and connect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. I'm also loving a brand new app that works really well for anybody who ever has to fill up your car with gasoline. It's called Get Upside. And Locked On Bears listeners can get up to 25 cents cash back per gallon every time you fill up your vehicle. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore, especially with gas prices going up and staying up and kind of hovering up as we've gone through this pandemic and beyond. GetUpside will get you cash back in your wallet. And there's no catch. The money goes right into your GetUpside account, and then you can connect your bank account if you want that direct deposit. You can go through PayPal if you'd rather, or even cash out via uh, those like e-gift cards for Amazon and other online shopping brands. Some people who, who drive a lot and fill up their tanks a lot can earn as much as $250 to $300 a month in cash back, all by downloading the app GetUpside. If you enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN, they're going to give you a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up to give you up to $0.50 cents per gallon back in cash back on that first fill up, just download the Get Upside app and enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN. The Chicago Bears offensive line has been, I think, at best, a mixed bag so far this season. We've seen some real, real struggles against some real quality opponents. And I think the, the first couple of games in particular, or you know, that first stretch of games, was a real challenge with the likes of, of Aaron Donald in week one. And then, you know, the Bengals' defensive line has actually played pretty well, and they don't have the name recognition. And then, of course, the Browns of Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney have been giving a lot of offensive lines trouble. But since then, as the scheme has changed, the play caller has changed, the quarterback has gotten better, the running game has gotten better, the offensive line play seems to have gotten better with it. And maybe you can point a little bit to like quality of opponent and the types of pass rushers that the Bears have been have been playing against. I mean, the the Lions and not necessarily as big of that. The Raiders had a pretty good group and they were able to get some pressure, but not completely derail the team. Packers edge rushers not as not as healthy there and still still some talent, but not Browns Rams level talent. Buccaneers kind of up there. 49ers, you know, mediocre. Steelers, TJ Watt got some sacks in there, but didn't completely disrupt what the Bears were doing. So it's been it's been kind of a mixed bag, but it's been a mixed bag a little bit more varying by player. And Ryan Pace entering this season kind of went through the guys up front and why he had so much confidence in them. And I think he's not he's not swinging hundred percent here, but there was there was some to like and, and some that definitely still still needs some improvement. I feel like, you know, luckily we feel like we do have some depth there. And even going back to last season, Dan, a lot of those guys had to play, which, which helped us. Um, Juan, to me, 
is maybe the best developer of talent in the NFL. You know, and at, at his position, it's awesome. So you know, we put you know, mid-round picks in there, late-round picks in there that, that have gotten a lot better because they've been forced to play a lot. So and I think that's going to pay dividends. But with what we've done right now, I mean, Jason Peters, I think we were fortunate there, to be honest. But to see how far Larry Borum's coming, like we got a Fetty back, you know, Pig Simmons, Elijah Wilkinson, Alex Bars is versatile on the inside. The other thing I like with our offensive line is I feel like we, they've all really settled into their roles. You know, in the past, some of those guys have been moving around. Whitehair's had one of the best camps that I think he's had. I think it's because he's been right there at left guard throughout. You know, what Sam provides at center with his intelligence, football IQ, getting this lined up, um, that's paid dividends. So we feel good about it. So he, he, seemed, so he seemed to feel very good about how the offensive line would be from the start of the season, and they definitely did not start out that way. And so it was much more of a jarring, immediate beginning of like, oh, they were very wrong about this offensive line when they played so poorly against the Rams and against the Browns and some of those early struggles. So, but, but then sort of as the season goes on, they have played better. And so I, I kind of, I think of it more from an individual player standpoint that like, you know, like Jason Peters has been uh, at what you would expect, not, not the pro bowler he once was, but playing well enough to hold down that side decently enough to not be a, a big, you know, debilitating issue with the group up front. Cody Whitehair at left guard has been pretty much Cody Whitehair, right? He's not playing at a, a Pro Bowl level necessarily, but has been consistently enough there. And, and Pace was definitely right about keeping him in that same position being being so important. And I'm glad we didn't see them do too many of those last-minute shifts around on the interior offensive line. Sam Mustafer has been a real disappointment, though. And, you know, Pace credited his smarts and all that. And I think we saw him have a lot of trouble picking up blitzes. And I, I don't know that the smarts were necessarily fully there at that point or to the level that Pace was was going after there. And he hasn't been phenomenal at, at anchoring against stronger pass rushers. And, of course, you know, he was an undrafted rookie free agent just a couple years ago. So we wouldn't expect an undrafted rookie free agent to be a top-quality starting center. But he has been, I think, below average and a little bit of a disappointment. He hasn't taken a significant steps forward from where he was last season. And that feels like a position as of right now that I would be looking to upgrade next offseason given the opportunity to do so. Now there's, what, you know, eight more games this season for him to improve even more and take some more steps forward. And Pace really praised Juan Castillo for his ability to develop players. And so, you know, maybe there's some more development to happen there. But for now, I'm I'm sort of leaning a negative in terms of Pace's evaluation of him. James Daniels has been kind of up and down. And I don't know, we didn't really get specific Daniels quotes there from, from Ryan Pace, but... I'm curious to see how this affects contract negotiations with him entering free agency. He hasn't played like a guard that I want to pay like a top guard. You see the Browns paying other guards a bunch of money. I'm not giving James Daniels that much money. He has not played that well, but he's been, you know, average starting quality, pretty, you know, fairly up and down in there and some games a little better, some games a little worse. So there's, there's value there, but it hasn't been stellar. And then, you know, Jermaine Effetti goes down and they do this whole carousel at right tackles. I mean, uh, Elijah Wilkinson has not played well in that spot. We've seen uh, uh, Latavius Simmons come in and really, really struggle. And the Bears clearly got that one wrong and had to put Alex Bars in there, and he was a little bit better. But Larry Borum has been kind of what the Bears were hyping up, right? Playing well for a rookie fifth-round pick. He's not, again, we're saying not a Pro Bowl level. He's not an elite rookie right tackle. But 
getting the job done so far with room for improvement and a very, very small sample size at this point. I'm not ready to, to the jury is still out on Larry Borm in that regard. I'm not ready to solidify anything super, super specifically his way on him, him being great and a super great fifth round steal just yet, although he's playing better than most fifth round picks tend to so far, but still a lot of season left. And now opposing pass pressures will have a little bit more tape on him and we'll see how things sort of play out there. I am curious to see if Tevin Jenkins is able to return from this back injury. Do they slot him back in at right tackle at some point? Because Peters is holding down left tackle, but you want Jenkins to be your long-term left tackle, but then you keep him on the bench. Like it seems like the plan for 2022 is left tackle Tevin Jenkins, right tackle Larry Borum. And so if you take out Borum to put Tevin Jenkins in at right tackle this season, you're no then you're not playing your next year left tackle or right tackle at the spots that they that you want them to be playing at. So that's going to be a challenging decision somewhere down the line here and maybe just maybe it's a good excuse to leave Tevin Jenkins on injured reserve for the whole season although you do want to get him some reps. So I don't know, maybe Jason Peters gets hurt and then you need to activate Tevin Jenkins. Who knows? There's a lot still to be decided. And again, I don't want this podcast to be like a referendum on, oh, these players are bad and these players are good and that's locked in for the rest of the season. But it has been a valuable opportunity to sort of check in here. And, and it's, when we remember back to sort of previewing this season, the areas of concern that we are most circling or needing to watch were the offensive line and the secondary. And Pace had a lot to say about his confidence in those guys in the secondary entering the season. And we've seen some ups and downs from them, too, that we'll, we'll hear from the general manager and reflect on what these first nine games have brought next on Locked On Bears. With no Bears game on television this weekend, it's a great way to kind of get a sense for how the rest of the league goes. It might not be as exciting, but you can put some more stakes on these games by betting on them at betonline.ag, your number one spot for all the football action this season, pro and college football. Plus, I mean, they do all the sports, basketball, hockey, soccer, tennis, golf, boxing, you name it. They've got it at betonline.ag, plus your favorite Vegas casino games online as well. So there's lots and lots of different ways to play. And when, when you just have a little bit of action on the game, it matters a little bit more. The touchdowns are a little bit more exciting. The turnovers are a little bit more devastating, especially when it's like two teams that you wouldn't normally get super fired up about, but you just, you're just watching the game because it's football and there's football on and you love football, right? That, that's what I love about BetOnline is to amp up the stakes a little bit more. And especially, you know, if you're a big football guy like me, you know you know quite a bit about some of these other teams, and you kind of know then which teams are better than others and where you might be able to take advantage of those odds. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and enter our promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, giving you even more money to play with at betonline.ag, where the game starts. So much of this defense for me this season has started in that secondary. We knew it from the start. This is not hindsight being 2020 that this team would rely on their front seven and would have some questions because there was a lot of young players in the secondary. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that they would be awful. And they, and to their credit, they have had games of, of ups and downs. I don't think they've ever been a, a shutdown lockdown secondary quite exactly this season. I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, they, they hold the Raiders to nine points and the passing yards were, were pretty low in that game. And even the Bengals game, there wasn't a ton of passing yards and they finally got the turnovers, especially in that game, really started to click, right? Those, you have those moments of like playing really, really well, even though you know, the other team is, is scoring points and, and keeping the game, you know, on the closer end of the spectrum that way. It's still, you know, there's been some of those ups and downs, but that's what you get 
when you have to rely on some really young players. And so, of course, the Bears shed some talent with with moving on from Kyle Fuller this offseason. And I know he hasn't played well in in Denver, but certainly uh, he was playing better than that for the Bears. And the Bears had to make some tough decisions. And, you know, they wouldn't go into this season with those younger players if they didn't have some confidence in them developing. And maybe maybe some bumps along the way were expected, but I don't know. I also felt like the, the preseason hype for Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley, the two of them in particular, was maybe a, a little bit higher than it should have been from Ryan Pace. Yeah, that's been a, that's been a, a steady competition throughout. So, and they're, and they're different. You know, I was just talking to Coach Desai about that as so we kind of worked through it. They're different. You know, Duke, Duke to me is scrappy, tough, um, instinctive. Marquis, uh, athletic and versatile. He can play safety too. So they're kind of different flavors, and you know, maybe there's scenarios where we can use all of them. You know, so I think it's been a it's been a good competition. It's made them both better. Sorry, and and I think the good thing about with our with our defensive coordinator, I think we'll put those guys in advantageous positions. Ryan, I think Kindle, some of you maybe caught a lot of people by surprise in Virgin last season. From your perspective, evaluating each week, what stood out about the way that he developed and got to this point is looks like a starter right now. He plays with so much confidence, you know, and he's just well-rounded. He's got ball skills. He has speed. He has man coverability. He has zone awareness. I just think when I think a lot of those mid-round picks from Bilal to Mooney to Kendall, like, that's a credit to our scouts, you know, and, and he's one of those guys, Eddie Jackson. He, he's one of those guys that, that I think the scouts did a really good job on, and he's getting better. He works, he works his butt off. Um, this game means a lot to him, and I think we're going to continue to see an ascending player. So, I don't know, maybe a, a little bit rich for my liking, especially at, at the end there with, with Kendall Vildor, right? He's got great zone instincts and man coverability or whatever he said, and he's, he's an ascending player. And then when you start to compare him to some of the other Ryan Pace hits in the draft, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Jackson, you know, Darnell Mooney, I'm, is, Ken, is Kendall Vildor playing the same category as them for you this season? I mean, has he been that level of a breakout quarterback? I mean, I think he's been – he certainly has had – better moments and worse moments you know like I, I think back to like the Buccaneers game it seemed like he was able to hold in there a little bit more this last week he had a couple of pass breakups in there as well the Packers game you know as well there, there were some there were some moments there but then there were other games that felt like the Raiders were kind of going after him a lot the Bengals were going after him quite a bit even the Lions were, were kind of picking on on Kendall Vildor a little bit and some of those deeper plays down the field on his side of the field right I mean this is not a, a crap on Kendall Vildor podcast episode but like he's been average probably more like below average not he's not the worst starting cornerback in the nfl on the outside but he's i I would put him in that that firmly below to slightly below average cornerback play he's been vulnerable right i mean and he is not i mean he's he has maybe made some progress i think we've seen again games of better and worse builder and so it's not a referendum on his season right he can still continue to develop and get better and maybe by the end of the season you feel a little bit better about maybe what you have at that spot right now I'm looking to upgrade there this offseason, right? That's that's one of the main ways I'm trying to judge this. Like, is this player playing well enough that I want them to start again next year? Or if I have the opportunity to sign a free agent or draft a better player at that spot, is that player easily replaceable or, or expendable? And, and Sam Mustafer at center was. I think Kendall Vildor at cornerback still is, but there is still time for both of those players to, to turn things around a little bit more in the second half of the season, show more progress, and be even better. Honestly, I guess I'll throw Duke Shelley in the slot in that same equation, although... That one has been a little more rough. I don't know. Maybe things have, have stabilized there 
a little bit the last couple of weeks. I mean, there were there were definitely some moments there where whoever was playing in the slot was a problem. It was him, and then they kind of felt like they kind of benched him for Mark Reed Christian and had some different things going on back and forth there. And then it's been pretty much all Shelly. You know, like this last week against the Steelers in particular was kind of the all Duke Shelley show. And then they did a lot of like DeAndre Houston Carson at the slot cornerback spot. And he has played really, really well this season. Do not get me wrong. But I just, I haven't felt great about where the slot is. And again, I feel like Duke Shelley is a spot where you'd like to upgrade next season. Again, based on what we've seen so far, still time for that to improve, still time for this whole secondary to kind of get back to the more aggressive ways we've seen other players play in those spots in recent years, but it, it all kind of comes down to this sort of risk that this team took when you go with a recent fifth round pick as a starting outside cornerback and a recent sixth round pick as your starting nickel cornerback that chances are development's not going to be perfect every week and that there are going to be those ups and downs. And sometimes you pay for that with some, some really bad defensive performances. And sometimes you're able to find some plays that absolutely impress you there, but they certainly both pale in comparison to what we've seen from from Jalen Johnson on the other side. And, you know, maybe in the reverse, we I think maybe we had a higher expectations for Eddie Jackson back in Deshaun Desai's system. And he's been certainly, I think, a disappointment quite a bit on that back end. And even Tashawn Gibson next to him has been really, I think, a major problem at times this season. <clears throat> and, and I think there's another spot there that I'm feeling more inclined to want to need to upgrade sometime next offseason. But I, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment until the offseason for sure before I'm signing players and cutting players and seeing what the rest of the season might bring for a few of these guys. And Ryan Pace raved a lot about his depth on this team and that they feel really deep at positions because of all the competitions. And so this team then, therefore, should be okay when they face some injuries at some spots. And I think, I don't know, we've seen some decent defensive line depth. We've seen the depth of, like, T Travis Gibson start to step up at the outside linebacker position. Alec Ogletree and, and Trevathan have gotten some snaps in there at inside linebacker, although they've both not played particularly well. I don't know that we've, the safety depth, I mean, just to, to Andre Houston Carson has played really well, so there's something to be said about the depth showing up there. Certainly the depth at running back, Ryan Pace raved about the running backs entering the season. 100% correct on Khalil Harbert, David Montgomery, and and Damian Williams has been pretty good too, and of course the, the, the quarterbacks as well. So, it's been a mixed bag on the individual player evaluation, and that's sort of, I think, separate from how coaching impacts that. And I think that might be a little bit more of why you get to six to get to three and six. But we knew there would be some teams along the way that the Bears would lose to. You know, no one was thinking they would start nine and zero. The loss of the Rams is not a huge surprise. The loss of the Browns, the loss of the Packers, loss of the Buccaneers. Those four for sure are, are not huge surprises. And then you know you can debate the 49ers and the Steelers, y yes or no, but. You know, that this is this is not completely off where we thought the Bears might be entering the season, but that was more thinking around a, a 500 record. And if this team wants to compete for the playoffs, you know, and win all those games like Ryan Pace was sort of saying, like the goal this season is to make the playoffs and compete in the playoffs. So far, they're still going to be in the graphic for the in the hunt in the playoffs. The last playoff seed in the NFC right now is four and four. So it is not completely out of reach for the Bears, but after the bye week, Ravens are in there, Cardinals, Packers again, Seahawks, and two Vikings is, is going to be a tough task, but maybe just maybe Justin Fields can be enough to make a difference. You can bet we'll start looking ahead to this second half of the season a little bit more next week. Still got some more reflection to do on what we're seeing so far, but you know there's plenty of bye week to go around here. So make sure then that you're coming back, subscribing, and tuning in to all of our in daily 
in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Hitting that subscribe button on whatever app you're listening on right now, whether you're watching on YouTube or any of the platforms, we are free and available on all platforms. So keep coming back for more. Appreciate you making Locked On Bears your first listen each and every day. It's the best way to sort of keep up with all of this and, and get your Bears fix five days a week because I don't know that anybody else has really given you this much Bears talk this often. So when you make it your first listen, you're making sure you're getting your fix every single day. If you're looking for that second listen, how about Locked on Bets, the Locked on Podcast Network's betting podcast, bringing you odds, the best odds and places you can find the advantage and make some money across all sports. It's Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We really are your team every day. And I hope the podcast today is making it that much easier for you to bear down.